All right, for an, an unusual Saturday second video, I'm here with Adrian Fonseca from Catholic Drive Time. And what's your other channel? You have a channel of your own. What is your what's your other channel? Yes, sir. And uh, of of great infamy, uh, my channel is Catholic Conversations on YouTube and across any podcast form where anybody listens to podcasts. Along with what you said, Catholic Drive Time with the Guadalupe Radio Network, uh, broadcasting six to eight Central Time, seven to nine Eastern on Guadalupe Radio Network and Station of the Cross. I will try to put links to those in the comment section so you can check it out. So today we're going to have a conversation that is timely because of, well, the where we are in the liturgical calendar. We're about to hit the Feasts of All Saints and All Souls Day, and there are indulgences associated with those. And we're about to say talk about something Francis did in a positive light. We're going to say something laudatory about Francis. I know that's rare up where, you know, for what I do here. But uh, a few years ago, Francis started doing something every year at this time. He started in expanding the indulgence available for praying for the soul, holy souls in purgatory from just the few, from traditionally it's the octave, I believe, of the feasts here to the entire month of November. And I am all for it. I really, really am because not only because of the indulgence, but because I think one of the things that has happened in the life of the church since the council is this sort of weird canonization of the dead, where we essentially just sort of assume that unless a person was a great scoundrel, they're all on their way to heaven immediately. Boom, no purgatory on their way to heaven. You see it at any Catholic funeral you go to, unless you're going to a traditional right funeral of some kind. And not only is it a, a, you know, a great act of mercy that you can do for them, it's also you're storing up treasures in heaven for yourself when you do it, which is not the reason you should do it. You should do it because it's the right thing to do. But the church offers rewards for that. And if Francis wanted to continue doing this every year, I would be quite happy with it, at least on that score. <laughs> so why don't we first talk about the um, indulgences? How, how does that work? What is, because a lot of people still think of things in the preconciliar form, right? You know, X days, you know, right. per, uh, you know X days indulgence or, you know, and, and how, how did that economy exactly work as far as we can tell? Yeah, definitely. The The way that it's kind of set up now is incredibly simple. It's a plenary indulgence or a partial indulgence, and simple as that. A plenary being a full remittance of all temporal punishment due to sin, meaning if you kind of want to oversimplify it, you say as soon as you, if you get a plenary indulgence and you die, you go straight to heaven. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Uh, a partial indulgence is basically like a, and to use popular, popular parlance and theologians will be like, no, you can't, you can't. It's not like that. But just for popular level, a partial indulgence is basically saying you, uh, get some time off of purgatory. Now, obviously, how the, uh, heavens and the earths or the heavens move, purgatory, hell, how time works there is, um, a little bit different from our understanding. There is, a motion there is time that and in the sense that time is a measurement of change so there is things that happen in purgatory and heaven and hell so there is some sort of time and the old way of doing indulgences it was done by days years uh quarantines things like that and what is a reference to was the a doing that action for that many days would be equivalent by doing it with an indulgence attached for example if, and I'm just throwing something up, it may not be accurate, but if the past is said, if you make the sign of the cross, you get a 500 days indulgence. So that would mean if you made a sign of the cross for 500 days, then that would be the equivalent. You just receive that entire time, uh, all condensed into one action uh, by the grace of the Holy See, uh, which is 
wrapped up in our Lord saying that uh, you have the, the the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is loose on earth is loose in heaven. The treasure, the treasury, uh, the treasure of grace that is bound up in the church, uh, namely the death of the martyrs, the merit of the saints, and that kind of thing. And that's what is released. And of course, ultimately, the merits of our Lord and the merits of our Lady. And for those who might be curious about the, you know, validity of the change, because, you know, a lot of people have questions about the changes of things from the preconciliar to the postconciliar form of things. Even the Society of St. Pius X tell people that the change from partial or from the, you know, the X amount of days form to the uh, plenary and full or the partial and full indulgence that we have now, they say that's valid and that's how they talk about things. So yeah. for those who are concerned about that, it's... Um, you think you got to get very, very hard line <laughs> to uh, start. Yeah, to the, the only the only thing that would be upsetting about this, because I mean, it's it's very simple and it's it's totally legitimate because a 500 days indulgence is by definition a partial indulgence. A mm -hmm. a 10 year indulgence is by definition a partial indulgence because it's partial. Um, however, the only thing that's like eh, where people are upset about is that we don't know what partial means, and so we're gonna just leave it up to God's decision, I suppose. Um, so some people say, oh, well, it's partial still, therefore, we let's just assume that it's fine. It, it, it doesn't really matter. It's going to be up to the mystery of God at that point. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing that people are upset about, I think, mostly. Right. And so the praying for the holy souls in purgatory is a partial indulgence, correct? And is it done? I'm assuming it's done for every, it, it, for every soul you pray for or every time you do the prayer? Right. So some people would say that, um, <laughs> Some people try to, you know, offer it up specifically for their their loved ones, and they can do that. And it is uh, can general you can generally apply it. And some people just say for the holy souls, and then just leave it up to our Lord and Our Lady to take care of how they see fit. And that's how I like to do a lot of things: is just like give it to Our Lady, and she make better decisions than I would. But yeah, you can apply it specifically. It's not applied generally in terms of the sense that you're like. Oh, it's 500 days and that's going to be given to every single soul in purgatory. It is specific to a single soul, which is why tons of people doing it is better. Yes. And the other and so one of the things that I like to think about is if you see someone who's in the Catholic, who's in the public eye, who dies and you, it comes out in the news that they were a Catholic who maybe had lived away from the church, but had died in the good graces of the church. They had received the sacraments and made a good confession, all that. One, don't doubt their conversion. That's not for you and I to do. That's one of the most reprehensible things I see going on in a lot of times in the trad sphere online, especially are people doubting the conversion of people. I don't do that. It's tacky. It, it's not just tacky. It's really, it's actually really gross. But when you see someone in the public eye who has converted or who or reverted and then and you find out about it after they've died, you can do a very basic bit of calculus here and assume there's nobody offering masses for them, that the people around them that they had in their life beforehand probably don't share their faith, may not have honored their requests really, you know, for anything, including the, you know, oftentimes the sort of the public nature of their sins having to do some sort of public, you know, act of, you know, admission to these things. It could be that they, they their confessor had them write these things down with the intention of having it made public, and then the people around them didn't bother because they didn't share their faith. The person, the penitent, did what they were supposed to do. And if you, if that's probably the case, like I'm thinking of a rock singer who died like 10 or 12 years ago, who somebody who I liked when I was a kid, who I found out died and was a Catholic, and I, you know, will say prayers for this person because I assume no one else is doing it. Mm -hmm. So you should do it too. 
Okay. That's a, a good person to add to your list. I mean, look, every parish out there in the next few days is going to be offering you those envelopes to have that with the place to write the names of people to have masses offered for in the month of November. Um, the FSSP parish I go to half my time, the priest there explicitly says, don't put money in that envelope. He does it for free. Now, I would recommend maybe then if that your priest is like to add a little extra to the tithe to cover their candles and things. Yeah. That's that's what that money's for. It's not you know to help the you know pad the priest's pocket or anything. But think about public figures. Um, there's a YouTube channel that's about Hollywood graveyards actually, and it's very clear when the guy visits the uh, when the YouTuber there visits uh, Catholic graveyards. Mm-hmm. If it's obvious, you can see the angels and the things all over the place and the names of, the, of these things. I would bet that a lot of those folks there aren't don't have anybody praying for them. And you might think, well, you know, you might start going, well, you know, maybe, you know, it's a Hollywood graveyard. So most of those guys are probably not in purgatory or heaven. Well, those graces aren't wasted. Mm-hmm. They're going, they're being applied to somebody else. Amen. And there's another thing that I'm, I'm remembering here. I present the uh, visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich about once, a, about once a month on a Sunday. And there is in the tomes I have of her visions somewhere in there, a vision of pious Protestants in purgatory who have no one to pray for them. These are people who are functionally Catholic in every way, but for whatever reason, except they were in schism, and for whatever reason, God gave them the grace to go to purgatory. Yeah, they have no one to pray for them. Now, of course, it's private revelation. Take it with a heaping tablespoon of salt, but if true, there are forgotten souls in purgatory. They could use your grace, yeah. those graces, and you could probably have the intention for those for forgotten souls. And when you're doing these prayers, none of it's wasted. You get sort treasures in heaven because it is an incredible act of spiritual mercy that you're doing for sure and you know it's interesting i i also produce videos for america needs fatima and you know as a huge devotee of our lady of fatima and what do we say in the fatima prayer especially those in most need of thy mercy right and so definitely we we expect those prayers are not wasted like you said our lord and our lady desire the salvation of souls and so if those souls are in purgatory, that's one of the reasons why we say the Fatima prayer for those souls that no one else is praying for. And so if you can pray explicitly, though, it's kind of the principle of uh, asking you shall receive. You can make general prayers and those are good, but specific prayers are always better because they you, you God gives you what you ask for. And so if you make a general prayer, I pray for those who have no one to pray for. That's good. But if you know someone that you can generally believe that no one's praying for them, praying for them specifically will always be better. And I think that's a great point that you're making about celebrities, things like that. It really breaks my heart when, I mean, there's there's two aspects to things. And and I think that's a problem Americans have in general. And me, I'm, I'm an American. And, you know, it's, it's something we have. We have a black and white view of everything. Everything has to be black and white. So you look at a celebrity who converted and immediately you have a faction of people who are like, oh, we need to worship this person, put them on our team, lift them on our shoulders, follow them into battle. And then you have the other side who responds to that and says, no, their conversion is insincere. Don't believe them. Reject, reject, reject. And there's a, a balanced position you can have and say, hey, let's take this person at face value and say, hey, maybe their conversion is likely to be sincere. They have just converted, though. So maybe we should not put them in the public eye. Let's take a deep breath and let's pray for them. Let's pray for their soul. Let's pray for them. And But we also don't need to believe everything they say. They're they're new to this. And so, you know, that's why we say we're practicing Catholics because we haven't made it there yet. We're not perfect, but our Lord has asked us 
to be, or commanded us rather, to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. So I am a practicing Catholic. Hopefully I'll get better. Yeah, I'm reminded of, uh, you know, I know you're alluding to Shia LaBeouf's conversion and how people really took him to task, not only for being in the, going, doing public things, although everybody, almost everybody liked him taking on, you know, Bishop Robert Barron the way he did. (laughs) Um, But it's also, you know, people saying, well, he also is still in that what's likely to be a blasphemous movie about Padre Pio. Like I've already heard reports from people in Europe who've seen it and they say it is horrifically bad. Mm. And they say, why would he, this person who's now a Catholic do this? I'm like, well, I remember when I converted and I think about back to some of the takes and ideas I had back at my early days of conversion and they are embarrassingly bad. I'm going to cut the guy some slack, <laughs> yep. you know, not because they're for the grace of God, go I, but because I've been there. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't have a microphone in front of me in those days. And so, yeah, we should, you know, cut, cut these guys some slack. Have some but, mercy. Yeah. And there's, but there are, you know, going to be, I mean, what about the person who, you know, converted in prison and are mm. is paying for, I mean, there are prisoners who had legitimate conversions. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, yeah. I, uh, you know, most of the time people think I'm, you know, really hard on the mercy, mercy, mercy stuff going on these days. And I, I am, but it's because it's distorted. It's divorced from the justice of God. And it, without, you know, God's justice, the mercy doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people yeah. need to know the bad news to know that good news exists. Right. And there, it's the church is, you know, to borrow a phrase from another, uh, from other people. Remember that you know people talk about the church of nice well that's kind of my problem it's yeah the the mercy of god doesn't make sense without the mercy without the the justice of god and the bible including the new testament is full of examples of the mercy of the justice of god including you know our lord's warning about the destruction of the temple i mean right. that's you know that's a new testament example of god's justice yeah, it's a big deal. And I think that's a, a, a legitimate thing. And people will say, oh, well, you're just, you're just doomers. You're prophets of doom, uh, things like that. And the problem with that people have here is that Plinio, the founder of the TFP, uh, he talks about how when you have an iron rod and it's bent out of shape, if you want to bend it back into shape, sometimes you have to overcorrect a little bit. And then when it restores, it'll go back to normal. For if you go straight back to where it was, when you let go of it, it bends down a little bit. So we've been such a a culture of uh, mercy, 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 mercy. And that's good. That's good. I, I 100% agree with the mercy of God. But because the justice of God has been so forgotten, sometimes it's good to overemphasize the justice to try to overcorrect a little bit as long as you're not falling into heresy, as long as you're not going so far as to uh, say something that's incorrect, but an overemphasis on justice in a time when everyone's talking about mercy and nothing else. Mm-hmm. I think it's necessary to focus on the justice on occasion. Yeah. So what's, so what should we know about this, uh, praying for the holy souls in purgatory for the month of, for, for the octave? We'll start with the octave because I haven't seen an announcement from the Vatican yet about this being extended, mm-hmm. but I, I just sort of assume that he does it every year at this point because he's, he has. So yeah. One thing that's great about Pope Francis, and it's a no people are going to be like, oh, you can't say that. Uh, like I said, Americans want everything to be black and white. Let's uh, take those blinders off for a second and say, you know, we, the, the Holy Father is still the Holy Father. He is still someone that we owe um, respect. And we, have, in terms of his office, we have to love the office of the papacy. Uh, we don't want to fall into a, a position where we have a loathing for the papacy. That would be bad. 
So Pope Francis every year uh, in recent in memory, I don't remember if it's been every single year, but I think it has been pretty much every single year. He's extended the indulgences that are uh, that are given on the Triduum, the Hallowtide, which is Halloween, All Hallows Eve, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day, uh, respectively. And on those days, if you go visit a cemetery, if you pray for the Holy Souls uh, with the normal conditions of, you know, going to confession within seven days, I think they've extended that actually, uh, within going to communion within seven days. And if you do that, that you receive an indulgence that is applied not to you, but to the Holy Souls. This is purely out of charity because you're not receiving these uh, indulgences. It's an indulgence that's being applied to your loved ones, to, to those souls that are in purgatory. Now, if you've done this in the past for a loved one, that's okay. Do it again for them because you don't know if that soul has been released. And like uh, Dr. Stein, Anthony said earlier, he, uh, these, soul, these prayers are never wasted. God does not allow a prayer to go to waste. So if you believe that someone who has been canonized is not actually canonized and you are participating in prayer and someone prays for them, if that person is not in heaven, God it will make sure that, that those prayers are not wasted. So don't be concerned too much about those kind of things. And so here, let's offer up these prayers. Let's go visit a cemetery. Let's say uh, these prayers for the Holy Souls, um, the Requiescat in Pace. Uh, the, these prayers, uh, you can pull them up and do some of these prayers for the dead on these days. And ex presumably, he typically extends it throughout the entire month of November. And presumably, he's going to do that again. Um, and if he does, Take advantage of it. This is the, this is the big deal. So many people don't take advantage of it. The, the people kind of have this, and this is really among, among traditionalists. Whenever we hear about, oh, mercy, people kind of freak out and they're like, oh, no, that's not good. But, you know, we had a, a, a time where, and going visiting your cathedral, you receive a plenary indulgence for walking through the doors of your cathedral. And this was happening all over the place. And a lot of traditionalists didn't want to do it because they're like, well, I'm a TLM only guy, so I'm not going to go visit the cathedral. Go visit the cathedral. What are you doing? Ma take advantage. <laughs> I did. I, I did too. I was like, that, that's insane. What are you, what are you in doing? In fact, when I, I was living in Portland when that was happening, and we had two different places we could do it in the diocese, and both were, were within a 20-minute bus ride for me. So I went to the cathedral, and I went to the grotto. Why wouldn't Why you? Not? Why not? I'm not telling you you have to attend mass there. I'm not saying you have to do whatever it is that you're, you're having a moral uh, objection to. I'm not telling you to do those things. I'm telling you walk to the doors. And the same thing here. If Pope Francis extends it, it's, you can't say, I mean, you can say it, but you shouldn't say, oh, well, Pope Francis did it, so I'm not going to go and visit the cemeteries and pray for the Holy Souls. That would be an act of uncharity. It would be not very charitable of you because these are opportunities for the souls in purgatory. And there's a great book. It's very small, highly recommend. I think it's still published by Tan on Read Me or Rue It. And it's about the souls in purgatory. In the book, it talks about in Fulton Sheen narrates, hell is fire with no love. Purgatory is fire with love. And heaven is love with no fire. This is a very important thing because this, the fire in purgatory is the same fire from hell that is burning. It is not a fun process. And if you're a Protestant listener thinking about this, I think it, our Lord talks about you have to be purified to get to heaven because nothing unclean can enter into heaven. We are all unclean. And so analogy is given of a piece of gold ingot. 
if you have a piece of gold and you drop it in dung and it's covered in dung and it's, it has hay attached to it, how you to clean it, you could place it in the fire and the cleansing fire would burn away all the the, the excrement and what's left is nothing but the gold. That's what happens to our souls whenever we go to purgatory. But it's not a fun process because the fires of hell will burn. They're not fun. So we do not want to go there personally. And we also want to release our friends and family there. And if you just want to be selfish about it, those souls in purgatory will remember you when they come into the kingdom of God. And so when they go there, you have a friend in heaven who is now praying for your soul, who's interceding for you. And it's said by many saints that at your judgment, these souls in heaven that you help release from purgatory will be your aid, will intercede for you in that moment, and will intercede for you if if God forbid you end up going to purgatory before you go to heaven, which honestly, I'd be, I'm happy to make it to heaven anyway, anyhow. I think that's a good place to leave it, especially since my Zoom timer, because I'm cheap and I don't pay for Zoom. I'm almost <laughs> out of time. But um, I want to also address one quick thing here. If for those of you who are going to say in the comments, who have already said it by now, Francis is not the Pope, said of a Kant, or Benedict is the true Pope. If you turned out to be right, you know, 50 years from now, a Pope affirms your opinion on that, which I have never hidden the fact that I would not be surprised if that were true, although I'm not on Team Benedict as the real Pope. If that does turn out to be the case, you will still have sort of treasures in heaven for praying for the holy souls in purgatory. There are people who do this by adding a the quick prayer for the holy souls in purgatory at the end of their meal prayer, mm-hmm. because it adds about three seconds to that prayer. Imagine like the dedication where you're doing that and you're, I mean, the amount of treasure they're storing up and the fact that you're also helping a soul in purgatory. Amen. I do that before yeah. my meals and after my meals. Yeah. You've got no reason on. not to. No you've reason got, not to. You've got one up on me. I know I should be doing it. I just always forget. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll leave it at there. Um, let me know if you found this helpful in the comments. Where can they find you again? Catholic Drive Time, which is a YouTube channel and on Guadalupe Radio. And what is your channel name again? A Catholic Conversations on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcast. Catholic Conversations. There you go. I'll try to have links in the comments section. If they're not there, let me know. Anyway, as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein with Adrian Fonseca. Have a good day.